Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am the host of The Pain Cave and I am very happy to be joined for the first time in quite a while by my partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shuangunk Express, the Amanda Basham to my Amanda Pete, Phil Vondra. Nice. Welcome back to The Pain Cave, Philip. It is good to be back. Yep, it's been uh, a while since we've been in the pain cave, and I will say the pain cave is very wintry today. It's quite cold, but we've got a nice beer to warm us up, so I think we're going to be all right. It is a bit chilly. Tilt that up a little bit more towards your mouth. All righty. Yeah, there we go. There we go. It is a bit chilly. It's, it's been brisk. It is, it has yeah, been brisk. Some, some cold weather. I don't know. We, should, should we... I mean, it's insulated, I guess. I mean, the ceiling's insulated. The walls... This one's insulated. Right. Uh, we just drink bourbon in here. That's I know. So you, you warm up with a there's nice no, glass uh, of bourbon. There's no heat. I don't know. There's barely plumbing so toughen us up we're all Toronto's suck it up today we are going to return to our this month in ultra running series which we've put off for a little while we uh kind of took a little bit of a break in the off season I did a podcast with our good friend Jason Mintz going over the ultra runner of the year ballots which we'll touch very briefly on here but it's it's good to have you back man it's good to get back into it as the season is very slowly starting to heat up and we're starting to see some of the big names back in action yeah, there's been a, a few exciting things going on. I mean, you know, first golden ticket race of the year out of the way. The next one coming up uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll get there before we things. get into it too deeply. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking. Oh, it's an alchemist beer uh, from oh. in uh, Vermont. It's a called Holy Cow. It's an American Indian pale ale. Oh wow! And it looks kind of cool. It's kind of looks like a black and white yeah. cow thingy. So the Alchemist, for those who don't know out there, famous for Hetty Topper, the kind of quintessential New England IPA, I Vertical guess. Vertical Banger as well as one of theirs. Vertical Banger is actually probably my favorite one of theirs that cool. I know of, but I haven't had this one yet. So yeah. go, yeah, pop that one open. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Where'd you get it? Um, this is uh, a buddy of mine. He's a big cross-country skier, and he was up in uh, VT doing oh, nice. some skiing in the last few weeks, yeah. and uh, brought me back a nice assortment of Alchemist beers. Beautiful. Yeah, because really, the only one left. usually the only place... <laughs> Not really. The only place <laughs> you can get them is up there, usually. Yeah. They, they don't they don't uh, distribute outside of Vermont, as far as I know. Cheers. Thanks right. for sharing. Let's do it. While I'm Cheers. on carbs for the next few days, at least. Ooh, yummy. That's good. That is nice good. and hoppy. Lots of flavor. I like it. I got to say, I've had some, you know, I, I've been drinking over the past week or so since I since I raced, and I've had some really just not great beer. I don't know. Go like hang not, out with me more often. Yeah, I know. Nothing that nothing that's really uh, gotten me too excited. This is this is quite good. good. Although I had a um, I had a wrench last night, so I was oh high, very I was nice. That's, that's good beer. That's good stuff. All right. So anyway, welcome back to the cave, Phil, and everybody else. It's been a little while. The, the season's starting to heat up a little bit. The last couple of weeks, specifically, we've had some of the bigger names getting back into action, and we've got a few more uh, coming up in the near future. But yeah, before we get started on the 2019 season, let's take a quick look back at the end of 2018 and what we thought about, or what you thought about, because I haven't really talked to you much about the uh, uh, Ultra Runner of the Year and the uh, FKT of the Year voting, which uh, we haven't discussed at all on the, on the show yet. For those of you out there who are interested, I, I have a blog post up on my ballot for Ultron of the Year, and I, like I said, we'll link to the episode that I did with Mintz uh, where we went over our respective ballots, um, which mine changed a little bit from, from that episode to the time that it was due. But I think most of what I wanted to say about it, I said on that show, I, I made my case for uh, Dylan for the men, right. who I, I knew was... was you know, not going to win. And, and he f ultimately finished fourth, which to my eyes was too low, but I, I was kind of around where I figured he would, would right. end up. I was a little bit surprised that, that uh, Jim wound up winning for the men over Jeff Browning. I thought uh, Jeff would wind up number one and Jim would wind up number two. I had them Jeff two and Jim three. Um, but I, I can't say that I'm terribly surprised by any of those things. On the women's side, or, or and and I should say, uh, the, one of the bigger surprises for me was Rob Carr all the way up in third. Right. Um, yeah. I had him lower down. I think I had him seventh or eighth on my ballot. I'd have to go back and look exactly. You know, with obviously one of the performances of the year, I had it voted in the top three uh, right. with his yeah, win at Leadville, his near course record, and yep. some wins at 
some medium-sized 50Ks otherwise, but yeah. other than Leadville hadn't made a ton of headlines during the course of the year, I thought three was a little bit high for him. Just a little high. I mean, definitely putting him uh, ahead of Debo, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't. I've, I might might have undervalued him a little bit at, like I said, seventh or eighth. I think fifth would have been reasonable somewhere yeah, in that range. Complain about that. Um, but again, and I can't stress this enough: how many? This is a year after year. Mark Hammond just gets absolutely no respect. I mean, right. look, no respect. He was vote, voted in the top ten, but I think he wound up eighth, which is yeah. really for for a guy who, like we said had top 10s at some of the biggest races of the year, including Western yeah. States. Amazing consistency Finishing third, the year. yep. Finishing second at, at Run Rabbit. And and yeah. if you looked, I don't know if you saw the listing of um, the most competitive domestic fields of right. 2018 on Ultra Running. Kind of interesting. Yeah, so that the way they calculated that was basically just how many people who received any votes in Ultra Run of the Year raced in those races. Two most competitive fields of the year uh, domestically for the men, Western States and Run Rabbit. Right. And Mark Hammond winds up third at Western States, second at Run Rabbit. And yeah. yet, you know, ahead of Jeff in both of those races. Yep. yep. And yet eighth overall in the, in the ultra run of the yeah. year was, was really, that, that was just. It's just how people weight hard rock. You know, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with I guess, it. I guess. I guess. Yeah, maybe. And, I'm sure of it. It's, and, uh, and I. Look, I voted Jeff ahead of, of Mark. I voted Jeff two, and I, I had Mark four. And and I'm so I'm not saying that that there's no that Mark should have necessarily been number one, but to have him eighth, I think, was just yeah, just wrong, low. just wrong. And he had a top ten at, at UTMF as well. Yeah, in a, a competitive, a more competitive field than than Hard Rock or or many of the other right. big races that we talk about. So really, that was that was unfortunate. I mean, congratulations to Mark for being in the top ten should have been higher. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with that is, like, you can juggle, you, you can analyze these results and these these races, you know, all day long. And, uh, you know, you can juggle people's places around. I think just getting in the top 10 is, a, you know, a solid achievement. I mean, how much weight is there in exactly where you place? I mean, first and second, very important. But, you know, getting behind that, you could, you know, flip-flop around some of these places pretty easily. Yeah, sure, sure, that, for sure. Good to see Jason Schlarb, who I also had in the top ten, yeah. make the top ten after um, that was good after being overlooked. Yeah. I think in in previous yeah. years, that uh, was yeah. nice to see, and I know he he was very gratified by yeah, that's great by that. The women's side, I mean, Courtney, no surprise uh, for the no. win, and Kelly Wolf, no surprise in number two, and and those were they were uh, I'm I'm sure one and two on most people's ballots. Yeah, uh, Camille in third was a bit of a shock to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, she, she. I mean, she obviously turns out lots of good results, but uh, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised. I mean, she was the runaway winner for performance of the year with her absolutely hundred mile world record or twenty four hour world record, I yep. should say, at at Desert Solstice, and, yeah. and well deserved. And yep. I did not have her in my top ten. If if you wanted to make the argument that that performance alone warranted a top ten for the year spot, I think that's an argument that you can make. Yeah. Um, but to to make the argument that that it was to get her up as high as third, when really yeah. the only other race she had was a for her subpar performance at Bandera against a really uh, you know no disrespect, yeah, but but field, a, right? an average field at best. Yeah, and those were really her only two results. That to me was yeah. was not enough to have her that high on the field. If you, again, back half of the top ten, I I wouldn't necessarily agree, but I could see the argument. Third, no. Yeah, that was that was higher. I think there were people behind that were were more deserving than that. Right, right. Um, but certainly, I mean, from the men's side, I mean, Jim, for me, I felt, I know he didn't have that many races, but his two performances, you know, really put some weight on him, you know, being, being in number one. Yeah, and again, I, I kind of thought that Jeff would wind up with it over Jim. I don't necessarily, again, have a problem with it either way. Uh, neither of them were my vote, but I, I don't have a problem with Jim. Now, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, was, was Camille third or second? She was third, I, I thought think. she thought, was I thought second. She, oh, was she second? Did I, I screw that up? I thought she was second. I could that, be wrong. And that's even... She was either second or third. I uh, thought second, but... Oh, God. Se second is over, <laughs> over the year that Kelly Wolf had and, I mean, so many yeah. other people. Yeah. But that's, that's just wrong. Yeah. She was, she was up there. What are you... A little higher than she should have been, maybe, but quite the uh, 24-hour record. Look, the record is amazing. I mean, the, the, that's one of the top 10 performances by a U.S. men. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's it's a it's an amazing record. 
Yep. But, oh, God. Second? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, now, now that I think about it, I think you're right. I didn't, I didn't go back and look at it before we came on air. You probably just couldn't stand to. It was driven you crazy. Seriously. Oh, that's, that's painful. Okay. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about FKT of the year, which I don't, you're a little bit more up on the FKTs than I am. Yeah, um, I not mean, a ton of surprises from my no, perspective. No, I don't think so. I mean, Carol Sabe, number one performance for the men, the sure. uh, Appalachian Trail. I mean, that's just, that's just solid. You know, 41 days, seven hours, something like that. Yeah. And now that, know, that record has gone that. down, obviously, over the past few years yeah. and has been recognized in this voting each year yep. in the top three or four when um, yeah. when Stringbean did it last year, when yeah. Carl did it. I think it was FKT before. of the year last year. It might have been when, 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 Joe, when Joe did it last yep. year. Um, Carl, obviously, uh, uh, European, but uh, Europeans eligible for these these awards, uh, unlike yeah. the Ultra Runner of the Year. Um, and, you know, well-deserved, taking a chunk of time out of yeah. that record, which had gone down by very small increments yeah, over the, the previous few amazing. years. Yep. And uh, Alyssa Gadeski uh, with a, an FKT on the, the Long Trail in Vermont. Yeah. Have you done any running or hiking I on the Long Trail? No, I've, I've heard it. It's a very tough trail, 273 miles. Yeah, it's pretty uh, burly. I've heard it's hard. It's pretty yeah. burly. I've done, like, multi-day hikes on All there. Right. It's, um, I mean, carrying weight. You know, yeah. if, if you're camping and you have a pack... 15 miles in a day is a lot. I mean, wow. it's, it's, yep. it's not, I mean, at least the sections that I've done, which have been, you know, some of the higher points, but, um, that, that's, that's stout. And yeah. that was, I think a Nikki Kimball record that she took. It down. was. Yep. So that was good to see, uh, some East coast love, uh, on the FKTOY yeah. side, although not the East coast love we would have liked to see. I think. No, I, I mean, you know, I look at the sort of the depth of the FKTs here, like the top 10, basically the, the first two are East coast FKTs. And then everything behind that is, you know, Colorado, yep. California, you know, there's not a lot of stuff in there from the East Coast. And I certainly think that, you know, Mike Sudi's FKT on the, all the Catskill 3500 peaks, right. I, I mean, I really felt that should have been in the top 10. I, my feeling is people don't really understand what that is. Right. You know, they see these mountains like, well, only 3,500 feet. And you've got people doing the winter 14ers. That, that's you know, the Colorado problem. 14s. Right. You've got all these things. Yeah, they're hard as well. But this is, you know, this is bushwhacking. This is, you know, there's no trails out there. There are prickers, stingers. You know, it's like, it's it's burly terrain up there. Right, right. I think it's, it's for people who aren't familiar with the terrain or, or with the idea of what he did, it, it's hard to, when right, when you have people doing, like you say, the, the Wyoming 12s or whatever it yep. is. You know, even even if you're not familiar with that particular, you, you know, think, well, topography of the range, feet, or it's, it's twelve thousand feet, 12, right? Feet, yeah, it's altitude, right? You and know, so people always make it think it's hard. I mean, yeah, right. it is, but you know, Mike's uh, Mike's FKT was was impressive, and I felt it should have been in that top ten, I, especially when you when you look back at the history of it and who had held it previously, yep. and and the the names that have kind of taking it down before it, it yeah you know yeah, and, and that's like, hard to convey to to voter you know it's a disparate group of voters who don't really yeah. know it's hard to kind of for for everybody to understand exactly what that is yeah and i mean you know cave dog he was legit and he put a lot of planning into it you know got like people to help him out yeah, guide he was him and stuff. And you know he, he exactly. really and he was you know a very very fast guy at the time yeah um yeah i, I that was a bit of a shame i kept waiting every day thinking hoping that i'd see it and you know, he didn't uh, didn't make it in the top ten. A bit of a shame, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, but it was it was yeah. uh, it, a little it, bit it was more East Coast dis- love, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, congrats to Mike. Obviously, we will link to the episode where we went and talked to him, which was yeah. fantastic. Um, and uh, I'm sure he's got crazy stuff planned for this year as well. He's yeah, I think he has uh, an endless supply of crazy plans, <laughs> which is awesome. You know, so it's good. There's crazy people to follow him into these adventures. So it's good stuff. So that's a ca- that's a wrap on 2018, I guess. Like we said, 2019 is is starting to heat up a little slowly, but but we're getting there. There's been some interesting stuff to mention, kind of overseas. Some interesting stuff to talk about domestically. A couple of couple of stories I wanted to touch on before we get into some of the race results. There was a one thing that we had talked about earlier that I wanted to discuss was this article that I think got a little bit of play on social media that Jason Coop had written about. Um, kind of how ultra marathons are run these days. And, and Coop's somebody we've talked about a lot on the show, yep. um, you know, a, a very well-respected coach and, and a, uh, um, a writer, a prolific writer who, you know, his book, a lot of people really like. And I, I think we've both um, gotten a lot out of some of the articles. He yeah, he, he writes some great articles. Really yeah. interesting. 
And so it was an interesting article, kind of, I mean, I guess a good article for the off season, and then it wasn't really apropos of anything specific, but talking about the way that, that ultramarathoning has changed, how the influx of speed and the influx of talent has changed the way that the sport kind of functions, especially at the top, and how yep. races are no longer kind of a war of attrition so much yeah. as they are races it's not like, can now. you last the distance now? It's like, how will you race the distance? That's right. And and how that's brought new strategy and, and new training concepts and such into yeah. the sport. What did you think of that article? I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I mean, I still think there's an element of, you know, more the, the, the sport's getting bigger and bigger all the time. I mean, if you look at the uh, the statistics for last year, there were more people entered ultra races in the US than in a year before by a decent number. You know, right. there were I think there were something like twenty six hundred different races throughout the country, and that was up by about one hundred ninety races on the year before. So there's a lot more races out there. It's so many. There's a lot more people doing these races. The 100-mile races, the really hard ones, it used to take a while to sell out. They all sell out so quickly. You know, a few of them sold out really quickly. Right. But now pretty much everything that's a hard rock qualifier sells out. Right. So I just think the the density of people in the sport, the density of talent in the sport is growing as well. People are understanding training better. They're bringing different experiences into sport. Coaches are understanding it better. There's more science in it. Um, But I still think that people, you know, will race to their style. You know, some guys will go off hard. Some guys will be conservative. Right. You know, I think Coop does bring up some good points, but I still think that, you know, people will race to their style. If you're if you're in a group of five guys and three guys start going hard and you're not feeling it, you're not ready, I don't just don't think you're gonna go with them. I just don't think it's a good right. a good strategy. So he he's right in some respects. You know, maybe some people can dig that bit deeper and, and you know, race that section, but who knows how you pay for it later. Right. This goes a little bit back to something that we were discussing last year after UTMB and everything that yeah, happened there. That was yeah. And and you know, I, I had kind of said, I wonder if this is kind of going to be the new normal in terms of so much carnage. And right. and maybe not to that degree, but I think this is a, kind of a corollary uh, of what Coop is saying. And my point being that the talent pool has gotten so so vast and so deep that people realize if they're going to win one of these big races, these guys at the front know that they really have to be on their, on their A game and they have to yeah. be pushing taking some most risk. of the, and taking risks. Yeah. And it, it's almost worth it to them to take the risk because if, if they look, if they, if they don't have their A game that day, they're not going to win anyway, no matter what the strategy is. Right. So you, you can go hard from the gun and really, you know, quote unquote, race it and find out if you have your, your A game that day. And if you do, then you've got a real shot. And if you don't, it was never going to really happen anyway. And, you know, you're blowing up is just as well as struggling, you know, through the distance. So um, I think that's yeah. almost a little bit of what he was saying is that we're going to see more and more of that, I think, as, as we kind of spin this talent pool forward. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly going to see, you know, high quality, well-trained athletes racing these races harder and more aggressively. Um, but I still think, you know, it's important to to place in these races. You know, you look at like the ultra runner of the year, runner of the year, runner of the year. If you win right. like one or two races here or there and you get a third place, a second place, a fifth place, that's going to push you right up there. And that's right. sponsorship money. That's, you know, yes, that's improving your ability to operate in the sport. You know, you're, you're getting paid to go to races. You're getting things that are going to help you train better. Yeah. So these these places are important as well. And, so, that, and that's a... a cycle that kind of feeds back on itself when you talk about the money into the sport that's part of what's driving this influx of talent and yep. you know people who were trying to make a living on the roads or or maybe even you know working another job on the side or something to make ends meet yeah. now that that money is there and people can maybe scrape together a living at, at this uh yep. at this high level that's again feeding more talent into it and that's bringing more money into it and and it all kind of feeds back yeah. on itself i mean take take jim for example you know like ultra another year some absolutely amazing results uh, last year, you know, great run at Sonoma, obviously a massive run at States, did the Houston half marathon, right? 104, he was 28th. I mean, he was nowhere, <laughs> right? Absolutely nowhere. You know, if he's trying to get some road sponsorship, probably wouldn't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's touch a little bit on that since you mentioned Jim at, at, at Houston. Um, I, did you listen to his interview with, uh, Eric Schranz on URP I, afterwards? N- I did not. It no. was actually, it was really good. You know, he kind of addressed some of the, you know, negative chatter that is going to follow anyone any any story like this on right. like you know 
uh, on Let's Run or, or anything like that where people are just like, yeah. uh, 64 minutes, he sucks, blah, blah, blah. See, nobody good runs ultras, this and that sort of thing. And it was an interesting interview where he kind of addressed that a little bit and yeah. um, talked a little bit about why he chose the half. And and it, it was it was, it was was a good... It was a good uh, interview it, the, the the performance there was very impressive i have no doubt that jim could go and run a 219 if he wanted you know just yeah, to I'm get sure. the qualifier i yeah. mean that, that would be fairly i think easy for him yep for you know to to make the switch from really being in 50 mile shape at the end of november or the beginning of december for you know what ultimately was the canceled north face championships yeah. to then be ready four to six weeks later to run a half marathon that's a, I mean, that's a different energy system. You can you can talk about, you know, uh, I, I, I could I, I should say I could see a marathon. I could see running a fast marathon off of 50 mile training. Those for especially for somebody like Jim and those guys, I don't think that training is all that much different um, in Not terms really. of the, the type of speed work and the type of workouts you would have to do. Yeah, I mean, they probably just do a bit more vert, you know, and right. some exactly over, you know, longer runs, longer days in the in the Grand Canyon, you know, getting their vert and getting their long right. days in. To, to switch it up and, and get ready for a half marathon, which is basically a lactate threshold performance that yeah. lasts for an hour, that's really, really hard to do. Yeah. Um, that's a whole different energy system, and that's really yeah. impressive. And right, no, 64 minutes is not a quote-unquote world-class uh, result. Now, part of it also is Jim said, you know, he, he wanted to run 64 minutes. Like, he didn't even really want to run 63.15. Like, he was like, I, he wanted to run, like, 63.50. Like, right. you know, I mean, he just wanted the bare minimum effort that it would require. So yeah. could he run 63 minutes, 62.55, something like that? Yeah, maybe. And yes, even that is not, right, that's not the absolute, you know, pinnacle of the sport. But then again, you know, I, I'd like to see some of these guys, you know, come and run, 14 hours at Western States. It's just, it's, yeah. it's a different, maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we will. It you would know, be great. It would I be mean, great. Um, but course is much more runnable than, than people think. So sure. I think we will, you know, like we said, more talents coming into the sport. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yes, certainly there, there are, t there's talent out there that in the ultra world, we haven't yet glimpsed uh, yeah. or, or we, we don't kind of comprehend. Like we see a talent like Jim and he seems otherworldly. Um, and yes, there are, dozens of guys that run his kind of road times and his track times out there that have not stepped yeah. up to the now not all of them are going to be able to do what he can do i mean it's there there's you know to be able to run 100 miles still takes a different type of ability that not all of them are going to have yep. but some of them will and you know it'll be interesting to see how some of these records that he has set and some of his um compatriots have set how they will progress in in the next five or 10 years, because I think we're going to still continue to see that influx. Yep. But it's great to see uh, stuff like, you know, him stepping outside of yeah, kind of his awesome. comfort zone, challenging that. And Houston was great. There were a bunch of guys who got uh, a bunch of ultra folks who got um, their qualifiers there. And a Devin Yanko got hers on oh, the yeah, women's side. Right. Um, and uh, so it'll be fun to see in Atlanta next year uh, how all those guys do. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, did you see the uh, Western States transgender policy that was just published? I did, yeah. yeah. That, that was an interesting little thing. Yeah, I didn't I mean, think it was something that was kind of imminent, but it's it's interesting yeah. that they came out with it. And I'm, I was, I yeah, was the, reading the, through, and I, I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I don't know a lot about the science of it. Obviously, you'll know a lot more. But, um, you know, in terms of the testing and who can kind of enter this and that. And, you know, if you place in the top 10, you can be challenged, that kind of thing. Right. Kind of interesting and, and quite respectful, I think, the way they did it. So, yeah, it seems, seems good. That's kind of was my feeling as well. It's a difficult topic to address. Yep. It's it's fraught on, on multiple sides. Yeah. And I thought they did it in a very, like you said, respectful and uh, in a way that made sense to me. Yeah, no, it's good. It's And hopefully it kind of sets a, a tone or a standard or a other races, you know, big races to kind of look into it and, right. you know, have some kind of policy there. The problem is that the science is, is very difficult to, to kind of sort out. And I'm, I'm going to try if I can find the article. There was a really good series of articles on kind of transgender issues and uh, gender identification issues in high-level uh, track uh, on the sports science blog a few right. years ago. Ross Tucker and those guys um, did a really good stuff. Some of it Regarding like Castor Samaya, the yeah, the um, she's a the half, half marathon yeah. or half uh, miler, and and it kind of branched into a broader discussion. The problem is that 
you know, for for policymakers, for race directors, or um, you know, the, the IAAF or whoever it's going to be, you're looking for black and white answers. You're looking for black and white solutions yeah. and rules and that sort of thing. And just, just the problem is like going to be exact. no, especially with a lot of these genetic uh, anomalies that. The way that the genetics work is just it's not as black and white as right. this person's male, this person's female. Really, yeah. in a lot of cases, because of, you know, uh, variable expression of different genes or, you know, hormone sensitivity and that sort of thing, gender almost exists on a spectrum. Right. And so it's very hard to it's going to be very hard to legislate against stuff like that. Yeah. The transgender thing just throws another kind of variable into that. And. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole scientific discussion, but I think I think this was an, a, a, a nice proactive step for Western Definitely. states to take. I think uh, it was good, and I and I, I I agree. I thought it was very respectful. I thought it yeah. was it was really well phrased, and you know, could they run into problems with it in the future? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but you know, the, bo- the, the board of Western you know? right, the board of Western states. I think generally does a, a good job of recognizing that they are at the forefront and they are yeah. the, the trendsetters for the sport. Yeah. And I think they take that responsibility. I don't think it's something that they've necessarily asked for, but I think it's a responsibility that they take seriously. And I think they're generally responsive to a lot of issues in a, in a much more proactive way than, than we would otherwise expect yeah. from you know, a corporation or something like yeah. that. I think they've done a nice job with this and other issues. And I, yeah. I, I have faith that they'll continue to do that going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think, one, they're proactive, and two, they listen. If they, if, right. they, if they make some decisions or put out some guidelines or some policy, whatever you like to call it, they're open-minded enough to look at it and be like, you know what, maybe that wasn't exactly the right way to do it. We'll, we can tweak it, adjust it. You know, right. so they, but they've started the process, which I think is, is very good. Right, I agree, I agree. Um, man kills mountain lion. Yeah, we've got to talk about that, right? <laughs> so it's uh, Colorado, right, somewhere. Yep. This guy's out for a run. Mm-hmm. Next thing he knows, he's got a mountain lion on his back. <laughs> um, we don't know who he is. Apparently, he hasn't come forward. Nope. But he's obviously quite well scratched up with him, I guess. Yep. So if you're living, was it Fort Collins or somewhere? I don't, I don't know, know where he lived. But uh, if you see someone around there all scratched up, that's probably going to be them. i got to say, that story just kind of made me sad. Like... Well, I mean, not that I, I don't blame him. I mean, you no, gotta fight the I thing mean, off. Maybe sad killed, for the mountain lion died. Sad. Oh, sure, sure. I, I, I felt a bit thing sad for the sad. lion. I, I felt sad for the lion. I felt sad for the guy. Um, people were like, "Oh, that guy's such a badass." I'm like, "No, that's I mean, yeah. he didn't want that." No, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was apparently a, a less than a year old. The the mountain lion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's just a sad Pretty story. Pretty ballsy, though. Jump I mean, on something twice as big as it, three times as big. Uh, if you're listening, uh, random guy out there, come on the show. Give us a, give us a, yeah. drop us a line and, and uh, come on the show and, and uh, love to commiserate about that attack. I think you want to check MMA fighters and <laughs> ultra runners. That's probably <laughs> going to be your key person <laughs> that did that. There are a few things that, about trail running that scare me more than encountering a mountain lion. Rattlesnakes? I don't like rattlesnakes either. Copperheads. <laughs> I, I don't like any of those things. <laughs> you don't like snakes. I don't, I don't like snakes in general. But snakes, I don't like more from just a creepy perspective. Yeah. Like I just don't like snakes. I mean, I don't like non-poisonous snakes either. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Rattlesnakes. They scare me. I don't. I yeah. Don't like them. I mean, the problem with the snakes is it's just it's too easy to just step on one without realizing it. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, a bit so. harder to choke out as well. Whilst they're biting you. <laughs> but the by the by the same token, I mean a rattlesnake bite. I, look, I don't want one, but it's not going to be as almost universally fatal as a mountain lion attack is going to be. True. And, that's, uh, and it's, that's the case anyway, touch wood. And it's not going to hunt you. No, it's going to probably give you a warning as well, unless, of course, you jump straight on it by accident. I spent a, I spent a month in Yosemite at the end of my residency doing uh, like wilderness medicine and search and rescue stuff. Right. It was awesome. But it was probably like two weeks before I got there there was a, a mountain lion sighting in the valley oh wow and so every trail i was running on when i was out there like the, at the trailhead was just a sign like you know mountain lion has been spotted in the area you know this and that and everyone yeah. you know out there everyone's just like ah you'll be fine but you know every time i came around a corner i was just like oh mountain lion mountain lion yeah. uh, so it was it was an uncomfortable I mean, several weeks big of bears around here I mean, definitely seen a few a few big ones with their cubs. They they kind of scare me the cu- as well. The cub, yeah. When you see them with the cubs, or when you see the cubs without the mom, that's that's mm. no that's no fun either. Yeah. I, yeah. We've gotten a little bit habituated to the bears around here, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when you see the cubs, that's always that'll that'll put a little tightening in your shorts for sure. <laughs> 
All right, let's let's uh, let's talk some news. Let's talk some some results. The biggest new, uh, the biggest races other than uh, out in Texas actually have been overseas. There have been some big ones in Japan, Hong Kong, and uh, and New Zealand in the last few weeks. Uh, what's jumped out at you that you wanted to talk about? Well, uh, I mean, I think I'd like to talk about Bandera to start off with because that was the. Let's talk. Uh, well, let's do let's do the U.S. races after. Let's do okay. the let's do the the international stuff first. All right. Well, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I thought the spine race was kind of cool. That was amazing. 268 freezing cold, wet, miserable miles through the center of England. That so that's a legendarily uh, difficult race. I think yeah. that's been around for quite some yeah. time. And for those who may not have heard, uh, Jasmine Paris crushed it right uh 83 hours like i don't know she took like 10 hours off the record yeah, or something d- destroyed I mean, not only the field but destroyed the, the previous course record yeah and she i mean breast she, stopping to breastfeed breastfeeding her kid on the way <laughs> and in conditions that I, I mean i think the conditions there are notoriously bad i mean you're talking about northern yeah. england in yeah you can get a decent amount of snow it can get you know the the get some storms out there i mean and it was a pretty tough year um, it looked brutal. Every every yeah. clip I saw just looked brutal. You know, every time I saw a picture, she had a smile on her face. Maybe yeah. there's something in that, you know? Yeah, that was a really, I mean, that people started comparing that to some of the stuff that Courtney had done last year. Yeah, um, I'd love to see her do that race. That would be, be that would be something. She she could really um, take a crack at that. But that was that was really exciting. That was really fun yeah, to see. That that really may have been cool. so far the biggest story of of 2019. I think. I mean, it's early, I think but so. that yeah, was that I was mean, a great great story. Yep. I mean, it was it was so bad out there. The person in second place was three miles from the finish, and they got hypothermia and got pulled out of the race. Three miles. <laughs> Can you imagine finish. after I mean, two hundred and sixteen yeah. plus miles? Oh god. Yeah. I mean, two hundred and sixty-five miles. You got three miles to go, and they pull you out of the race. Or you you have to stop. You can't go any further. You got hypothermia. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, two big races recently. A few big races uh, in Asia. The uh, Hong Kong Ultra Trail Hong Kong, which uh, you know has attracted a bunch of uh, a, a strong international field in the last few years. Yeah. Um, definitely disappointing on the U.S. side. Yeah, I mean, Debo was there. Debo was sick, though, right? He had, like, a stomach yep. virus or something, and yep. he thought Came it had kind of gone away, him. and then he started racing, and he just knew he wasn't recovered. So I think he pulled out, uh, which was a shame. Yep, yep. And um, we wound up with um, just a, a Chinese podium on on, yeah. uh, on both sides. Yeah. I um, mean, uh, Chinese ultra-running is strong as well. I mean, they've... They seem to be putting out some good runners. Yeah, the the Japanese, the Japanese have been a force in ultra running, particularly road ultra running, for a number of yeah. years. Now we're starting to see the Chinese start to uh, come right. in and and have kind of established a bit of a presence on the trails. Yes, yeah, I wonder if way. we start to see them at some of the big European races this this summer. Yeah. That would be really interesting because they're obviously. We're in, in top form for Hong Kong. It's all we need, a country of 12 billion people churning out <laughs> ultra runners, more ultra runners, never get into Western states. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Nine Dragons race, did you see this one? I did not see Nine Dragons. Or oh, was that the one where you run 50 miles on one day and 50K on the other day? Yeah. yeah that, I did see that. That looked very cool. That was very cool. I, I like the look of that race, actually. So I need a trip to Hong Kong. Now, I think they... Um, I think they do it where you can run either or both, right? Yes. Yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah, and then they Magda have like a combined. It, right? They have a combined standings for yeah. for both. And and yeah, Magda did win for she the women. She won the women. She did the fifty mile and the fifty. She did she for did the, the combined the standings. That's right. Yeah, that looked cool. That's really cool. And yeah. you know, uh, Gary Robbins race uh, Squamish fifty fifty. They I think do a similar thing where it's the right. fifty mile and then the fifty k, or maybe it's the other way around. Mm. Uh, on consecutive days, yeah, and I think you have really some good. people double. That's a that's a fun. I like that format. That's a fun format, yeah. um, and good to see Magda racing at a high level. Yeah. So we'll see she uh, well. where she turns up uh, later on this year. Corey Waltering was over there, also um, DNF'd. Although he had a, a good early season result somewhere in the Midwest, Frozen Gnome, I think, had a course record right. there. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was snowing, and he was in his uh, traditional uh, budgie smuggler. Right. <laughs> that's He's he so is funny. a character for yeah, sure. It's cool. Tarawera was last weekend, and unlike yeah. Hong Kong, uh, the U.S. Uh, really good, came through there with some really there, good yeah. stuff. The 100K, which is the uh, kind of the signature event there, yeah, for the second year in a row, was it Cody Reed in second? I think for the men, Cody Reed was second, and yep. um, and then Courtney winning. Courtney won for the women. 
I, I don't want to say easily. I mean, she it's sort of ran away with it, but it, it, it looked like it was... Uh, it's like 22 minutes, I yeah, think. So it, it looked like she had a, there was a fight there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's in you know mid-season form yet by any stretch. But yeah, hard to say. I mean, also... Maybe she was, I don't know if she was out ahead by quite a way and kind of, you know, took it a little bit easy. She was eighth overall. Right. Um, and she was an hour faster than, was it Kelly Wolf? It was Kelly who won last year. Last yep. year, she was an hour faster than her. Right. So Courtney That's was impressive. like nine and a half hours. That's yeah, impressive. so I think, you know, an hour faster than, than Kelly Wolf from last yeah. year. She's, she's running well. Although I think last year was quite wet, quite horrible. So still. Seem to remember that. Still. It looks like a great course, though. That's, I mean,. Honestly, I think that if I had to choose one overseas race to do, I think that's it. Yeah. That for me. I mean, that just looks amazing. No snakes, no, no mountain s- lions. <laughs> and it looks, You're I mean, I got to say it looks pretty, it's, it's a lot of climbing, but it looks pretty yeah. runnable. I mean, it doesn't look like any of the. Yeah. I don't, I, I think it's like kind of, you know, 8,000 feet of climbing. I think it's a lot more than that. Right. Right. Um, I mean, that, that, that would be, uh, I would love to do that. Yeah, it looks, seems good. And actually the guy who won that Reese Evans, Australian guy, he can run a 216 marathon so sort of talking about the road kind of people coming into the ultra scene maybe right. that's an example right there of someone and his time i want to say was like 822 822 and cody was 829 so right. tight and i think the places behind cody were kind of tight as right. well yeah no Only definitely a few minutes separating everyone so cody was um cody was out front most of the day I yeah think. that's right so 216 to an 822 obviously not an easy course um, I mean, no. you'd think on a, on a flat course, a two sixteen guy could run under eight, certainly yeah. maybe close to seven thirty or even better if it was a road course. So, yep. um, you know, certainly not an easy course, but I think a, a runnable one. So that's, that's one that I'd love to run. And then, um, the new hundred mile, I think this is the second year of the hundred mile year, there. Yep. Uh, us sweep with, yeah, as and that was pretty cool as well. I mean, Camille Heron was out front for mm-hmm. like, I know. 80 miles or so, something I like that? I think about 130K is where she right. finally, in the overall lead, yeah. uh, until Bronco Billy ran her down. Yeah, apparently caught her, uh, uh, like, one big climb or something. Yes. So, yes. so Jeff uh, Jeff takes the win there. Yeah. Uh, Camille takes the win and second overall, win for the women and second overall. Yeah, both, uh, both in course record time. Uh, you know, new race, obviously. But yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Tarawera is a race where the U.S. has traditionally done well, especially in the last few years, yeah. and, and certainly some strong strong opening season performances there on, on both the men's and the women's side. So that was good to see. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit domestically um, because the, the biggest race I think that we've seen so far in the U S was Bandera. You were out there. Give us I the, was, uh, give yeah. us the firsthand report. Um, so, I mean, I'd say the, the Texas trails people did a really, really good job. The race is normally held in Hill country state park, but uh, the park decided that the trails weren't good enough or going to be kind of damaged too much by a trail race there. So they kind of cancelled it only a few days before the race. So the race was moved to a place about uh, an hour and a half away from Bandera, a place called Camp Eagle. Camp Eagle, right. Um, and they put up a 100k course there, and it was a really, really good course. I'd say probably a little bit more technical than Bandera, um, and a l- probably a little bit hillier, um, but it was a really good course. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some fast people there i mean you know i'd say the the men's field was probably seven eight deep with like you know good good runners and same with the the women's field as well like right. t- contenders you know for the golden tickets right um was the was this the i know that uh Teos trails puts on the uh j and j and j 100k at the yeah. same uh yeah. site at camp eagle in september yeah. which is, is same place but taking over for rocky as the 100k trail yeah, championships right. this year was it the same course as it J&J? It wasn't the same course. Okay. I think, so this one was two loops, and I think that the J&J course is three loops. Oh, okay. So a little different, but it was it was really well run. I mean, these, these races are great. But that race, in the, men, the men's race was super tight. I think Chris Mocco was leading with, I actually saw them coming into about six miles to go, and he probably had a minute on the second place guy. Uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe a minute to two minutes mm-hmm. on the second place guy. But he got, I think, overtaken in the last mile. So Tyler Green won it, yep. 8.26, and Chris Mocco was just 25 seconds behind him. Yeah, very tight finish. Uh, so, yeah, very tight. And I think both wound up taking the golden ticket from what I've They heard. got the golden tickets, yeah. So they will be in score. And then you had a bit of a front review for the leaders of the women's race. Yeah, I ran with the women's lead pack for a little bit. That was, that was fun uh, until they dropped me like a bad habit <laughs> um so uh yeah that was kind of fun to run run with them for a bit uh so Brittany peterson for the win there which was 
cool. She, yeah, Brittany. She uh, looked really good. She's she's incredibly strong. She had an unbelievably good year last year, running a lot of the Sky races over in Europe and doing right. very very well over there. And um, I think she was second at Chuckanut last year uh, to yep. Ladia Alperson Junkins, who uh, was second wound up being Bandera. second to her yeah. there. Um, and I know they had broken away and run most yeah. of the second lap together. Is is what I yep. heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. But uh, those are two. Those are two very strong women who yeah. are going to be. You know, sometimes sometimes you see these golden ticket winners, and and you're just like, all right, that's nice, and they'll they'll be top twenty five maybe at states. But these are both people who are are going to be definitely in contention for the top ten. Yeah, totally agree. And you know, I'd say the same for Chris Mocker and Tyler Green as well. I mean, yeah. you know, I think it was it was a strong field this year, strongest we've seen in a while. For for the women certainly, and I think we see we saw this year for the women kind of a similar thing to what we saw last year for the men, where in right. twenty in 2017 where Mario and and Bob had wound up going off course yeah and you know the the golden tickets wound up sliding down to guys you know in the in the 920s and 930s on that course I think a lot of people in 2018 on the men's side came yeah. in and said oh well I can run at 930 and, and we wound yeah. up seeing you know I think like eight guys run under nine hours or something like that yeah whereas and you saw just some really big names not sniffing tickets uh, on the women's side, I think you had a similar thing this year, where last year Camille, as we kind of mentioned earlier, yeah. had a, a really a, 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 an off day for her, won yeah. easily but barely under 10 hours, yep. and everyone knew Camille was not going to be there this year. Yeah. And then last year you had the ticket slide down to well past 11 hours. I mean, I think oh, Michelle yeah. Yates was over 11 hours. She passed on a ticket. And uh, I think it was Anna Haley was like was about 11 and a half hours. Yeah. And Anna's a very good runner, and that was not a great day for her. But But again, there's... Do, uh, a dozen women, two dozen women who can run 11:30 on that course, and I think a lot of them said, "Well, if, if that's all it's going to take, yeah. then." And so you did see a, a a pretty, very strong women's field there this year, yeah, more so good. than in the last couple of years. Yeah, so that was good to see. Uh, I was at Rocky last weekend, yeah. which also uh, Tejas gave up as the as the trail championships for yep. for the first time in probably a decade or so. Yeah. It's, and it's going to be in Brazos Bend in December, where you're going to yep. go out and and go for that one. But uh, the, the men's field didn't suffer much. I, I kind of thought it might be a little thinner than it was, but uh, pretty solid field. Yeah, Sharman yeah. was there. Yeah, uh, Dave Laney was there. A couple of really strong local Texans. Uh, um, Ronnie Delzer, the two-time defending champ, skipped, but Thomas Orff and Wade Barrett were there. Harvey Lewis, two-time Badwater champ. Yeah. So you know, solid men's yeah. field and pretty tough out there, wasn't it? it was. It was not. Hot. It was, was not an easy day. Quite, quite <laughs> muddy, muddy uh, conditions. It was not an easy day. Uh, yeah, very not not so hot, but very muggy. Right. Uh, I don't think the humidity went below ninety yeah, percent all day long. Just what you don't need. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was just swampy, and there was a lot of moisture on the course. It got very very muddy. Yeah. Um, like just thick, you know, shoe sucking mud. And uh, for Dave to almost break 14 hours, um, and yeah, and sounds... over the last 50 miles, mostly solo. I mean, yeah. Katlo Shypek, who's a sub 15 hour guy himself, yep. was with him for the first two laps, definitely. But um, after that, I mean, Ian Ian had dropped out. I think he had aggravated his shoulder. Yeah, I heard he hurt his shoulder. Was That's a, what it sounded like. I didn't talk to him, but uh, you know, coming off of the the bad shoulder injury that kept him out of Leadville last year, and he he. I guess did say he he was running with Dave early on. We saw them, you know, because it's a it's mostly out and yeah. back. So I saw them right. a few times, and he looked fine. Um, but uh, it sounded like he did something to aggravate it. Uh, and so after Cal, uh, Shy Peck dropped back, Dave was was soloing, and you know, just over fourteen hours in those conditions, yeah, uh, in, a, in a very sol a very yep. you know lonely effort. Uh, and, and he did not have a pacer until the last lap. I saw him right. all okay. through seventy five miles without a pacer. Uh, so that is uh, a very solid and and Catlo Chipek with a, a just over fifteen hour strong yeah. second place, as well. Yeah, a bit of a thin field on the women's side though. Right. Um, yeah, some, the women's some, winner Maria Sightly. Yeah, at, uh, over nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, which, Twenty or something like that. You know, yeah. that's. I mean, obviously, you know, Sabrina is, yeah, is a one of a kind at that course. But and, uh, I mean, she and Nicole both run under fifteen hours there. Yeah, and wow. Sabrina's done it a couple times. I mean, it's yep. it's certainly, you know, mm. a court and. Not a fast day, but 19 hours still is is not you know not yeah, a, a national a, level time. A, there. a faster field than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen going forward if if it you know if Brazos or another race continues to be the the 100 mile nationals, 
if Rocky will kind of retain these kind of fields, at least on the men's side, that it did this year. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be a relatively fast course. I mean, again, yep. conditions this year notwithstanding. And it's got a lot of history behind it. And, yep. I mean, it's been around for a very long time, and a lot of really top athletes have run really strong races there. Yeah. And, and, you know, people have put up some really fast times there. I mean, you think back to when, when Charmin set the, the North American trail record there of 1244, that was the same year that Anton and Hal both ran under 1320. I mean, that's right. that's unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I, I mean, a lot of the big names have have taken cracks at that one, and and hopefully it it continues to draw some some big talent even without the championship designation because it is a it is still it's a really yeah. good race. The Tejas Trails guys, a, they do a great job. Really they have a big do. Following, uh, they're going to be you know still cranking out fast times, good races. But uh, yeah, it's a shame it's not the not the national championships anymore. Yeah, but uh, still a very very good race. I don't know if you saw last week. So that was that was last week or about eight days ago. This year, for the first time, Rocky had a hundred k as well. Yep, uh, won by our very own uh, James McCown. Yeah, solid. That was a nice one by James. I mean, he had a tough tough day in Bandera. Yeah, yeah. Straight back on the horse, straight out to. Uh, <laughs> Texas for another race and gets the win. Yeah, it's awesome. F- first hundred k in Bandero did a I don't know an eight hour second lap, yeah, seven hour second a, lap, something like that. A, he had a really rough a day shocker. for his first hundred k, yeah. and and three days later he said I'm thinking about coming to Rocky and and uh, yeah he w- basically went wire to wire. It looked yeah. very easy. He said it wasn't Great. easy, but uh, he dominated. He won by over an hour. Awesome. Uh, the inaugural race Good there. So congratulations to James. I like the way he just you know went straight back after it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Really I good. think I mean obviously uh, Bandera had left a really sour taste in his mouth, yeah. and, and he he was excited to nice. pop a, a much better one this time. Cool. Uh, then this past weekend they they stay in Huntsville and they do the the fifty mile and the fifty k. Yeah. Uh, our boy Chad Lasseter Chad, winning yeah, the fifty nice. mile. I saw which that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was great. Him. So I saw Chad. He was. Um, he was crewing out there when you saw him. He was uh, working one of the aid stations. Oh, nice! The the first one, Nature Center. Yeah. You know, where it, right before you cross the road there. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. So I didn't see him. I, I don't think until my second lap. Yeah. And but he was there then for a few hours. So I saw him. Great. You know, because you're hitting oh, it out nice. and back. So I saw him a few times, and uh, yeah, it was good to see him. Great. And uh, it was good to see. So he's he, back he, racing. That's good. He's back racing. He had a, a solid Tour de Jantz last year. And, yeah, amazing. Um, and a pretty good time there. Seven twenty two. Not not terrible. Yeah. That's um, good. I mean, I think. I think on a again with with better footing. That's a sub. It could be a sub seven hour day. So right. he's, he's he's pretty he's fit. That was good well to see. That's great. That was great. Lone Star was last weekend. Carl Meltzer taking the upset there. Yeah. Well, he um, he ended up second, right? Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was going for like his hundred mile win every year for the last like twenty twenty years. So I think that would have been nineteen in a row. I think right. he's at eighteen. Uh, years in a row with at least 100, one 100 mile win, and last year Lone Star was where he got it. Yep, and so he he doesn't always he doesn't often go back. I should say to some of these races, but he went back and and didn't get it. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he has to you know try he's and have to find a race somewhere. Yeah, I mean he he's he has said that the streak he doesn't you know search out races just to keep the streak going and right. et cetera et cetera. But I I got to think that that is there's a little bit of untruth to that i, yeah. I gotta think it's got to mean something to him oh, yeah that that win every year that's important to him he's a he's a competitor john kelly former yeah um finisher of the barclay marathon thank you thank yeah. you uh yeah taking the 200 mile win there yeah that i mean it does look pretty amazing out there i mean that, that those kind of like rolling uh hills and stuff look pretty amazing uh our boy jack ryan has run out there the last couple of years yeah i saw he he, did. he loves that course yeah loves it. he just loves the topography and and it does, the, it does look absolutely it, amazing. it does look gorgeous it does look gorgeous so. and uh what about the hurt 100 yeah um some some good performances at hurt yeah some solid times uh yep brian obviously our training partner went out had been fourth last year and and was running in fourth Smashed in the early going up. and uh he took a pretty nasty, nasty crash <laughs> yeah now yeah. I, I was we were following obviously from a distance, I thought it happened much later. He, he, so he wound up dropping after the first lap, which was about 20 miles. I thought it had happened because he was still in fourth place. I thought it had happened yeah. around 20 miles. It happened very early on. It happened like within like the first or hour or so. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how he made it to 20 miles still in fourth place. But, uh, yeah, he hasn't run since then. He's been really kind of lumped up. Uh, yeah, I think they, they ended up actually pulling him from the race, I think. Yeah. Because he was, I think it was getting hard to breathe. Yeah, yeah. 
and uh, whether or not he f- broke anything, who knows? But um, yeah, he, he, it's been a, a slow road back. He's still him, a little but, bashed up, I think. But I saw him last night. He's doing a little better. Um, cool. He's going to start doing some hiking and stuff. Oh, nice. Um, but no, some some good, uh, some exciting performances there. Uh, yeah. A nice battle between uh, Trevor Fuchs and Nate Jacqua, who came from behind yeah, to that's, get the win. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Trevor fifth last year and yep. came up for second this year. I think um, uh, Mazumi was third for the he second was. year yep. in a row. That's right. Um, uh, Nick Delarosa was out front early and yeah. wound up in the hospital That's with right. something. I, I don't even know what happened to yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, he had some kind of heart surgery or some something a few years ago, right? Right, and I don't know if this was related. I, I'm not sure yeah. what the story was. And I don't know, you know, um, Jade, his wife, was leading the women's race also Oh right, okay. for a while, and mm. then she vanished off the tracking, and I never really heard... The, whether that was she was having a problem right. or she heard that he had had an issue and, and, and then just went him. to, I'm not sure. So, yeah. but uh, Sabrina Stanley taking advantage yeah. there yeah. Um, after finishing second the year before. Right. And uh, coming off, obviously she's a, um, you know, a, a very talented runner coming off of the Hard Rock win last year and, and um, you know, a good start to her year. I'm sure yeah. she's going back to defend at Hard Rock. I would think so. It'd be interesting to see what she does. She seems highly motivated for these tough kind of yeah. super hilly mountain races so hopefully she has a good season yeah yeah anything else i mean i wanted to talk a little bit about the next golden ticket race which is this coming weekend black canyon yeah now black uh, canyon is i i has been a little bit of the uh ugly stepchild of the golden ticket races in the last couple of years i mean the fields there have not quite been what you would see at like a Bandera or a Gorge Waterfalls or or a Sonoma yeah. or even Georgia Death Race or something like that. I mean, you know, it's been a little thin at times. It's been, you know, a race where some, uh, you know, lesser known folks have come up and snagged tickets. And, yep. and you know, um, we've seen some top uh, two or three overall performances from from top women there, which is, you know, great women running but you know it's not the the depth of the men's field that we've seen that is not the case this year no they've got i I had a quick look and it looks it looks pretty pretty solid so i've got it here at least from from i run far i've got their their uh little uh recap or um preview screen here so the women's side pretty strong i mean you've got eo wang you've got casey rachel kelly uh mallory richard hannah green denise barasa very strong strong field the men's field is insane. I'm just going to go through the list here. And I'm not going to mention everybody, but Mako. Yep. Coming He's off Bandera. Uh, Sensiman. Jared Hazen. Dakota Jones. Wow. I mean, that's already pretty stacked right there. Yeah. Now add in Max King. Wow. Add in Ronnie Delzer. As wow. we said, okay. last last 200-mile <laughs> uh, national championships. Yep. Nick Corey who just uh, ran 155 miles at Desert, yeah. Desert Solstice. Yep. Jeff Ball, who won Brazos Bend 50 mile last year. Matt Daniels, who's a U.S. mountain running right. team member. I mean, this is going to be insane. This is stacked. Yeah. yeah, it's seriously stacked. This is going to be insane. Um, it's go- Oh, and I didn't mention Anthony Kunkel also, who right. uh, ran under seven hours at, yeah. at uh, Mad City last year for 100K. And there's a few cowboys in there going for their golden tickets. Yeah, so you got Jared and Eric, who are, you know... Both got their tickets at Sonoma last year. Yep. I would yeah. presume if if either or both don't get it, they'd be back there this year. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, Jared coming off of the really, really impressive win at JFK yeah, uh, in the fall, which jumped him into the top 10 of, of Ultra Run of the Year. And Eric, who who was the defending champ uh, and finished outside the off the podium there. I, you know, I, I, I think Jared has to be considered... If not the favorite, uh, one of the Has favorites the for favorite. for the for the ticket. Yeah, that would, that would be my guess. I mean, if if I'm if you, if you look at what he did at JFK, yeah. and see him going to Black Canyon, yep. I mean, he's he's got to be the favorite there. I I like Jared to win. Yeah, I think I like Max, but I gotta yeah. say it's hard to bet against Dakota, and yeah. Dakota might be. I mean, Dakota's very very tough. Yeah, and he doesn't usually race if he's not really fit, right? Right. I mean. Yep. He he shows up when he's ready to race. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be big. I mean, there's only two tickets. It's gonna be something. Uh, this is this will be one of the more uh, competitive early season races that we've seen on the men's side. It, it's I gotta say it's gonna be tough for Sensiman to to get a ticket this year. I think. Yep. Yeah, but you know the other thing with talking about all these people racing from the gun, people you know laying it all on the line. 
if you're smart, a few people blow up ahead of you yep. to take advantage, you know what I mean? So a little bit more strategy coming into play here. Yep. Yeah, if you have the right day, if you have the right day. So that'll yeah, be... Yeah, that looks exciting. I will be hitting the refresh button <laughs> quite regularly this weekend. That's going to be fun to watch. That's going to be fun to follow this weekend. And uh, then, yeah, we'll, we'll be back in a few weeks. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about some, of the, other, um, some of the other golden ticket yeah. races that are, that'll be coming up. What's coming up for you? I am just up in the Catskills doing some winter peaks at the moment. Uh, up there, you know, taking it easy on the running, like 40-ish miles a week, something like that. Getting up, doing some of the winter peaks. And, uh, you know, a little bashing around on the trails around here. Yeah. My next race is going to be Cayuga Trails, though. I'm okay. taking a little bit of a break. Um, and then Manitou's Revenge after that. Yeah. So that's the tough double. The, uh, yeah. Cats, that's, my, uh, that's a great double. Cayuga and, and then Manitou's. Yeah. What do you got? Three weeks? Yeah, it's three weeks. That's, yeah. that's enough. Good. Good. What about you? I am just starting to jog again. All so, right. uh, yeah, we'll take a little bit of time. I don't know. We'll see. I'm registered for one of the newly created backyard ultra All right. uh, thingamajiggies. What do you think about this this whole backyard ultra? I think it's absolutely franchising? awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm cannot wait to go and spectate you. <laughs> they got moonshine and burgers. I'll be there. I gotta. Um, I the Laz, Laz is a character. I mean, for somebody who you know really you know ha, has a. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. His public persona is one of being very unconcerned with kind of the outside world, right? right? He doesn't give a shit about the media. He doesn't give a shit about, you know, money or fame or anything like that. Yeah. I wonder how true that really is because, you know, after Biggs kind of has gone viral, let's say, in the last yeah. couple of years, you really capitalized on that this year. Yeah. And oh, well, uh, there's a there's a, a golden ticket series now for, exactly. the, for the Biggs Backyard, right? For the Biggs right? Backyard. So, yeah, I, so I, I did register for one that, that is fairly local to us. Nice. And we'll see if it comes off. Now, it, you know, should I, if I get a ticket, would I do it? I, I really have no idea. I don't know how the year is going to play out. So I don't know if I'd yeah. make it down to Tennessee in, in October after something like that. And I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to do it because of um, coaching responsibilities with the Leadville coaching right. program. But regardless, if I do get a chance to do it, I, I, I kind of just want to do it just because the format just intrigues yeah. me. We've talked about this a number of times, and, and it's just... I think it's cool. I it's, think it's, it's really, really cool. It's really I, think it, I think it would be really fun. Evolution now it is, of the sport, again, you know, I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. Different kind of races exactly. coming in, different people coming into it. Now, it's going to be the same weekend as Manitou's, so that's going to be a long weekend for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're going to have to come down and... and uh, so run Manitou's and then and come drive down, down and see you. Yeah, All so right. you, you'll have to... You'll really leave Brian because he's not running Manitou's, so he'll come down. All right, sounds good. Assu assuming this actually comes off, we'll see what happens. It's an, it's an evening start, I think, so, nice. you know, uh, that also plays to my strengths a little bit. Uh, you can pretend yeah, you're going to work. For, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, actually, I did start coaching for the Leadville, the Lifetime Leadville Coaching Program, so... Um, I'll link to the relevant pages on the, the episode notes. If you're interested in coaching for Leadville or if you wanted to get into Leadville and didn't, you can kind of buy your way in through one of the coaching packages. And um, there are still some spots available where you get coaching for the event and you get a ticket into the event, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it, it is a, a cool program. And Leadville is, like I said, uh, we've talked about this before. It's yeah. one of my favorite races. and I'm Biggest really hundred miler in the country. Is that right? It is, yeah. I think it is. It yeah. is, yeah. About seven hundred fifty, eight hundred starters. Yeah, wow. that's that's okay. uh, that's the biggest hundred in the country, and it and and worth it. It's it's yeah. pretty amazing. Sounds good. So yeah, we'll link to that stuff. All right. Anything else? I think that's enough, isn't it? That's enough good. for today. That was a yeah. long one. Shit. Um, okay. It's good to be back. <laughs> it is good to be back. It is great to be joining you guys in twenty nineteen for more ultra running news and stories and all this stuff. We're we're excited to do it again. So. Thanks for listening and thanks for subscribing. Leave us a review, rate us, all that good stuff. And we will be back in a few weeks. Thanks, Phil. And pleasure. Until next time in the pain cave, guys, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. I'm happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded Like a good old pair of jeans Rusted like a proud old car That's drove a little too far And seen too much rain But long ago I
Still young, and I was still.